Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CodeCast Podcast today. My name is Terry Fletcher. So we are at our 300th episode, if you can believe that. I'm pretty excited about that. We have 538,100 91 downloads or listens. So it's been a good year. We're pretty excited. We have about 12,300 downloads a month and it's just continuing to grow. So thank you to everyone who not only reaches out to me and gives me such positive feedback about the podcast, but just is so kind and everything and helping me to figure out some topics. So today I'm actually going to visit something that came in from a Coding Corner client And this is really looking at documentation for audio-only visits. So it kind of threw me for a loop. loop. So thank you, by the way, Robin, um, when I got the email, because a lot of this comes from also people who've listened to my, how many webinars have I done on telehealth, one for APC, one for NAMIS, uh, one for my own company, Terry Fletcher Consulting. Um, You know, you name the the platform, I've done a, a webinar for it. And so we've had this conversation of what an audio and video should look like, but what about an audio only? So there is nothing in the regulation. There's nothing in published guidance from Medicare that says, here are the rules for an audio only visit or encounter. So what do you do when they don't give you anything to really guide you into a compliant audio only encounter? Well, what then I would do is I would go back to the CPT description. So it says for 99441 to 443, telephone evaluation and management service by a physician or other qualified healthcare professional who may report evaluation and management services provided to an established patient. So we stop there. First of all, it can only be billed by somebody who can report EM services. Secondly, it's for an established patient. So we always want to make sure that we understand now with the public health emergency ended that that's all that's going to qualify for an audio-only service. Next, it cannot originate from a related ENM service provided within the previous seven days. Okay, so patient was here in the office for congestive heart failure. Um, you know, le- less than a week ago, and now they're having complaints again. So they call, they talk to the nurse practitioner, who then just gives them some advice, tells them, you know, just to slow down, make sure you're using your uh, inhaler and stick to your medicines, and we'll just see you at your next appointment. That's not an audio visit. So it was related to the one you already have. But if the patient initiated the call and it was beyond that seven days and there was treatment offered over the phone, and again, patient initiated, then there's a possibility you may be able to get that. But let's go forward in what we would have to have. First, that conversation. Second, it is an established patient. But next, it also can't lead to an ENM service or a procedure within the next 24 hours or soonest available. So take that same patient, you wouldn't be able to say, and then we're going to see you, um, we're going to fit you into the schedule within the next couple days, or tomorrow or later today, You next available, you cannot have them then come in, because then that related visit uh, to the ENM in person, or even if it's audio video, includes the audio only. So there's a lot of basically bundling, if you will, of services when it comes to audio only. You also have to have time. 
The 99441 is 5 to 10 minutes. 99442 is 11 to 20. And then the 99443 is 21 to 30. And there's nothing beyond uh, 30 minutes. So basically, Medicare said the same thing. And you cannot use prolonged service codes because those are only for add-on to level 5 if you happen to meet that criteria. But the thing is here, it's discouraged. But if it's audio only, you would have to have time. It would have to be a specific encounter. And the documentation has to be as close as you can get to an in-person encounter. You're going over their history. You're going over um, a brief exam, whatever you can do on audio and, and as far as taking inventory and asking questions. Remember, you're getting paid parity to level two three and four of an established patient. And why is that? Because when COVID first hit, they didn't want physicians to lose a ton of money because we were told not to go to the doctors. Well, the the public health emergency is over. These flexibilities were extended to ease people out of using these codes and getting patients back into the office, not to use these as a crutch or for convenience when audio and video is available if through telehealth or the patient is able to come back to the office. So these, in my opinion, should be your last resort. And when it comes to documentation, you really have to not only reflect the medical necessity, but then make sure that whatever is in the definition of the code, meaning specific time, also established patient, what the patient is you know, calling you about, and then also the identity and identifying who the provider was. This cannot be, a, you know, a patient calling and talking to an RN or a medical assistant and then relaying that information to the provider and then trying to bill for an office visit. No, 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 do not do that. It also cannot be a virtual check-in. So virtual check-ins are a little bit different. So when we look at that, we're looking at the G2012, and that's what Um, Medicare pays for, and those are only worth about $12. That's if a patient, let's say, had a urinary tract infection, um, they they have them all the time, or they have them recurrent, you know, a lot, and they call the office, talk to a nurse practitioner and say, you know, I was in two months ago, I'm feeling another one coming on. Back then, when I came in, you gave me Augmentin or an antibiotic, can you just prescribe that and call that in for me? Five minutes was documented in, or five to 10 minutes was documented in the record. And yes, now that's called in by the nurse practitioner or PA. That's considered a virtual check-in. That's not an audio visit because it's determining whether the patient should come in or not. An audio visit is in replacement of coming in or the audio and video because they can't come in or because they can't be seen on audio and video. Remember that. That's in all the rules now. And CMS put out that uh, one at the end of um, April and then also on 5.11 saying, when audio and video is not available. They're very clear that the audio only is your last resort. Please don't use them as routine anymore because they're not considered appropriate when you have other options. And so you have to get as close as possible. I just did a a review on audio only for one of the larger payers and they took back almost 50% from the physician saying, these were not necessary. These are otherwise healthy patients checking in and you didn't need to to bill this. Well, you didn't bill it before. Why are you billing it now? And so I just want to, again, caution you on that and make sure that your documentation can hold up to scrutiny. So the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, which I thought was interesting, is I have some new Coding Corner clients. Thank you to all of those who are joining our membership. 
So I'm getting a, a question saying, Terry, I want to see your opinion on this. So I feel this is a person that just joined. I feel the examples below that we would bill a nurse visit because intake was done, patient was briefly assessed, and just instructed to do something else, and vitals were taken. So, and it's coming into the urgent clinic or coming into a walk-in clinic. Well, one was the patient's coming in and um, they're not stable and they're being told to go to the ER. Well, no, you're just telling them to go somewhere else. Unless a full workup is done by a mid-level provider or physician, you can't bill for a partial visit. That's right in the Social Security Act. The second one says that the, um, the urgent care center doesn't have equipment to be able to take a certain x-ray or a CT or there's no tech available. Um, and so they send them to the ER. Absolutely not. You absolutely have to just say, go on your way and you're not billing anything. And this is the one that I thought was probably the most interesting. Client is too ill and the urgent care is too busy for them to dedicate time for example, monitoring an infusion for hours uh, to the client, and so you send them to the ER. You can't do that. You basically, I mean, you can't bill for that. There's no such thing as a partial visit. If a patient comes in, whether it be urgent care, walking clinic, primary care, specialty office, if your provider works them up, determines what they need, and then sends them on their way to elevate their care to a hospital level of either inpatient or observation or ER, then now you have medical decision making. But from what I can gather from these scenarios, it was more the patient walking in, them saying no, 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 and sending them on their way. Even if they sat them in the hallway or in a separate room to take vitals, that's just incidental. There's no such thing as a partial E&M and billing a nurse visit for your time is not appropriate. So make sure that you, you understand that E&M services have to be complete to be able to bill for them. They cannot be just a quick look and say, okay, on your way. That's not what the E&M services are for. It says right in the beginning, number and complexity of problems addressed. And yes, the 99211 doesn't have specific guidelines on that, but then you default to medical necessity. And so there is no medical necessity to just say, go to the ER. Remember, anything that you bill for, whether it be the audio-only services or, and I hate to call it a partial E&M, but they, you can't bill a partial E&M, but any services that you're billing out, patient hasn't had a pocket. And as soon as they start seeing these bills come in for something that they did not go into an exam room for, they did not actually have treatment for or recommendation for treatment or anything that wasn't anything but incidental or told to go somewhere else, you're, you're going to run into some definitely mad patients, but also you'll run into some regulatory and compliance issues. And I just don't want you to get in trouble for that because a lot of these things are now low-hanging fruit for the payers to come after the providers to get some of their money back on telehealth that they feel was not appropriately reported. And now post PHE, I'm seeing so many liberties taken with things. I'm just like, you guys, you got to stop doing that when that's not what that is. So, and not giving the impression to the physicians that they're allowed to do it because we're going to get 17 new telehealth codes come um, January 1st, 2025. And we, I'm sure they're going to come with some restrictive uh, language on when and how to use them. And who knows who's going to pay for them. Right now we have payers, and I just found three more payers, 
that when a patient wants to have a telehealth visit, they have to use their panel physicians. They can no longer use their own doctor. So there's another can of worms that's opened up for that. So just be aware, and this is not just about telehealth, it's just about audio only partial visits, whether they be in person or, or audio and video are just not something that you want to um, be excessively billing or documenting inappropriately. Okay, so that's going to be my short, quick note for today. And we'll be back next week. So I hope everyone found this helpful. It's getting warm out there now that we're in mid-July. Make sure if you're getting outside that you're using your sunscreen. And it's supposed to be in the hundreds this week in uh, Southern California. So pray for me for not too hot weather. So anyway, all right, everyone, make it a great day and a great week. And thank you for listening to the CodeCast podcast. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter at TerryCoder1 or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net. Podcast producer Joe Kuzma, music producer Assassin Music.